Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 487 of the Juice Box Podcast. If by the time this episode is over, you have not fallen in love with Sophia, there may be something wrong with you. It's a big challenge, but it's just, I, I love this episode so much. I just had the greatest time talking to Sophia. I'm so excited. I just want to get to it. Uh, so nothing you hear on the juice box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Wait till you hear this. You are going to have such a good... This is going to be the best... I don't know how long this one is, but however long it is, it's going to be the best part of your day. And if it's not, your money back. What do you think of that? A money back guarantee on today's episode. Well, now I rush through all that. There's so much music left. We're not really getting to it any quicker. All right, I messed that up. Oh, here comes the end. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor and by the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. Learn more about Dexcom at Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. You can get started with the G6 or learn more at that address. And to find out about the Contour Next One blood glucose meter, you need to go to ContourNext.com forward slash juicebox. It is the best meter I've ever used. That's it. There's I could say a lot of other things about it, and I will in the ad later, but for now, best meter I ever used. ContourNext.com forward slash juicebox. Okay, so the recording's running, just so you know. Um, are you by yourself? Is there a parent with you, or what's the situation? I'm by myself, but the parent is in the house. Cool, okay. Well, I'm really excited to do this with you. Are you nervous? A little. Yeah. And that certainly re reflected in my blood sugars today, but I think I'm calmer now that we've started. Good. Good. Well, there's no reason to be nervous. We're just going to talk. That won't be trouble. But what happened to your, well, I'll ask you in a second. Introduce yourself first. You can tell them, just tell me your name. Hello, my name is Sophia. I'm from Russia and I was diagnosed in 2018. 2018. So how old are you now? I'm 14. Were you diagnosed when you were 11? Yes. Wow. Okay. Um, and you're in Russia right now. That's where you live. That's where you were born. Yes. Okay. How did you find the podcast? Uh, I joined a lot of groups. Uh, when I was first diagnosed, I looked at Reddit and at Beyond Type 1, and I saw a lot of people mention it, but it took me like a year and a half to actually find it. I, Googled, I searched it on YouTube, but some other podcasts kind of showed up, and I just gave up after that first try. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't do a very good job with YouTube. Should I try harder, do you think? I think it was the only social media I was really acquainted with, so that's the only place I knew where to search. Gotcha. All right. Well, maybe I'll put some more effort into YouTube one day. We'll see. Um, okay, so you're diagnosed. At, do you know anyone in 
like who has type one diabetes besides you? I didn't know it existed. Uh, and that's funny because I had um, the person who sat next to me in class for a year and a half uh, was type one, but I didn't know that they were type one. They just had this weird device on them constantly that beeped and nobody knew what it was because they didn't tell anybody. No kidding. So, oh, so you, you don't feel like you know anybody in the world with type one, but the kid who sits next to you in class has it, but doesn't tell anybody that they have it. Exactly. And I watched like accidentally six videos the year before I was diagnosed with people with type one and they said it, but I never paid attention to it. Because you didn't know what it was and had never heard of it before. Yeah. That's interesting uh, and strange. What was it? um, Wow. I never got back to my original question. I'm going to forget it if I don't ask. Hold on a second. I might have forgotten it. Uh, We were talking and I wanted to ask you, all right, it'll come back up. I lost my question already. Darn it. I think it was about today's blood sugars. Oh, my God. Right? Sophia, you should host this podcast instead of me. I should. <laughs> okay, let's start over again. Um, where were your blood sugars? Because it's afternoon for you, right? Like it's like f- 5 yeah. o'clock your time? Yes, it's 5. Okay, and for me, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. Arden's actually taking her SAT right now. And oh. I'm kind of watching it with my uh, the corner of my eye, making sure that her blood sugar doesn't get out of hand. But it's doing really well. Anyway, um, so you have you eaten dinner already today or have you not done that yet? No, I eat kind of late usually. Okay. So where was your blood sugar? And then when did you start getting nervous and what happened to it? So when I woke up, I did everything I usually do. I pre-bolused, I ate the same lower glycemic index food, but where it usually would have gone to 130, 120 maybe, I saw my first 220 in like a few months. That's my fault. That was interesting. (laughs) So, oh, so your whole day you've been thinking about this. Yeah, I, I actually, I think like a few weeks. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry I messed up your blood sugar. Is it coming back down now? Uh, it's 112 right now, so yeah. Doing good, okay. Arden's actually 115 right now. She was um, 99 for a while, in the like for the first 90 minutes of the test, and then it started to move, and so I texted her and had her make a couple of changes, and it looks like it's going to hold here at 115, while she, which is terrific while she's taking her SAT. Uh, but okay. So, well, first of all, I'm sorry if you were nervous, like there's genuinely nothing to be nervous about, but I do have a lot of questions. I don't get a lot of emails from 14 year olds. So yeah, well, I saw, um, I actually listened to, I think most of your episodes and the ones I was most interested about were with people around my age. Yep. And I saw that from your 400 and something episodes, you only had 25, maybe, if that, with people in the teens. Mm -hmm. And I thought that maybe it'll be interesting to add on to that. Well, it definitely would be. And I'm I'm grateful that you did this. I feel a little critiqued. Are you saying I don't do enough with kids? I don't think you should. It's not particularly targeted at kids because most of the controlling of the type one is done by parents. You are incredibly mature. Why is that? I think it has something to do with the type one. I did everything practically myself because I wanted to. Mm -hmm. But in general, are you 
kind of a more have you always been like this like like a little more mature than your age i i don't think i can say that but um, i think i don't know probably not i was kind of a weird child (laughs) why were you weird I was the kid in the back corner of the class, uh, kind of uh, drawing on the desk instead of paying attention and throwing paper notes to people in the front. Uh, I'm just telling you that we've only been talking for a few minutes, but you feel like you're like 25 years old to me. Actually, I interviewed a 24-year-old the other day. You're way more mature than she was. So (laughs) I think that's it's just very interesting that you – you know, found something, you're managing this yourself, your parents don't help you with your blood sugars, it's mostly you? Uh, My mom actually manages during the night because I will not wake up at all from anything other than probably an earthquake. (laughs) Other than that, I just sleep through everything, except if my blood sugar is higher than 200, then I will not get any sleep at all for some reason. I have to tell you, before Arden had diabetes, I could sleep through anything too. Uh, I'm not as good at it now. Although as I'm getting older, it's getting harder to wake up at night. So um, I understand how you feel about not wanting to wake up. Tell your mom, I, I know uh, I know what she's going through being awake during the night. But how are yeah, you? I kind of feel bad. I feel bad about that since I can totally do it by myself, except for that I don't wake up. And some nights she doesn't get a lot of sleep because of that. Mm. And I do. I always get a lot of sleep. <laughs> You're just all fresh in the morning and she's looks like she's going to fall over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what um, I guess let's try to figure out a little bit first about being diagnosed. So how did you first notice that something was wrong? We didn't. Until the day when the doctor said I was an hour or two away from a coma. Oh, you took it right to the end, huh? Um, yeah. So you I just... rode in an ambulance, barely being able to breathe. Wow, you were. How do you know what your blood sugar was? Did they ever tell you? It was not that bad, interestingly enough. It was four hundred and fifty, I think. But um. I was laying in bed for a whole day. I couldn't get up except for the one time I asked my mom for some water and she brought me a sugary, like, um, I think it was soda. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I just didn't want to drink that sugary soda. So I, for the first time that day, got up and got, get, got myself a glass of water. The desire not to drink the, the sugary drink was the only thing that could get you out of bed. Yes. Wow. I I wonder about that. Um, I guess very few people will know about it, uh, but that that drive to drink water when you're in DKA it sounds really powerful. You know, it's just it's, you, everyone's description of it is always like they're just they'll do anything to get water, and so you yeah. so you're you're basically just about dead, and then your parents figure it out and call an ambulance. Well, looking back, I actually had symptoms for a year and a half or so because um, I would drink maybe three or four liters of water. And interestingly enough, I was so nauseous every time after drinking regular water. The only thing I could drink was carbonated water. Mm -hmm. And well, that was hard to get rid of, uh, to get a hold of, sorry. And uh, I just didn't drink some days because I was nauseous from water, but I was very thirsty. And, and the 
the bubbly water is hard to find where you live? No, it's not. It's just uh, once I drank it all, which was twice as fast as we thought, we had to go to the store and get more. But we always underestimated how much, how fast I can drink. I understand. It was always difficult to find because you had already drank it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. And for a year or so. And so what were early symptoms like? Did you lose weight? Were you like, what was happening during that time? I think it was so slow to develop that we didn't notice I had lost any weight, but it turned out I had lost uh, around four kilograms or five, mm-hmm. which is quite a lot. Well, I would have to take your word for it because I didn't learn the metric system, but hold on one second. I think that I'm not sure how many pounds that is. Sorry. Don't worry. I'm going to find out right now in pounds. I'll just ask the magic machine. Wow. You lost almost nine pounds. Yeah. And how much did you weigh at that point? Do you remember? I don't know in pounds, but it was 28 kilograms, 29 kilograms. That's all right. I have the thing up now. So you, oh, wow. So you weighed 63 and lost eight. That's a big percentage. Oh, sorry. Um, No, at the end point, I was 63. Oh, oh, okay. I see. So you were 29. You came down from like 37 kilograms. Uh, Ish. I didn't weigh myself so often, so that's probably it, but yeah. I'm not 100% sure. Look at you. Yeah, don't worry. You're not on trial. You don't have to answer exactly right. If you're wrong about something, yeah. no one's going to come get you. Don't worry. I'm, uh, I am w- I won't show up at your house and be like, you know, when you're on the podcast, you said you weighed 37 kilograms, lost eight, but it was really 39, and now I'm upset. Nothing like that will happen. I hope not. No, right? Could you imagine if that's what I wasted my first trip to Russia on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so much to see, not in the winter. Not in the winter. Is it a really harsh place in the winter? Well, this winter was really weird. It was almost minus 30 degrees Celsius, which is more than it was last year. Wow. And I stayed indoors the whole time. I would say, so Yeah, what's it like to go outside when it's that cold? Like, do you, Are you in like a giant jacket with a hood that only leaves like a little hole by your eyes? Or how do you do that? Well... I underestimated the weather, and so I didn't. I wore my regular jacket, and actually, my Omnipod failed after I came back inside. And when, the, when the, I took it off, there was there was so much blood, and the only thing that changed was me going outside into the very cold weather. <laughs> so they have to test it uh, at minus thirty. You're saying for you? How did yeah. you? How did you? How did you get a hold of the Omnipod in Russia? Oh, well, um, can we first start from a diagnosis? It's all kind of an uphill battle from there. <laughs> hey, sure. Let's let's take your fight together. All right. I see. You don't like the way I jump around. That's fine. We'll start there. No, it's no. not that. It's just there is, there's a series of events leading up to that moment. I definitely want to hear them. Okay, so you ride in the ambulance, you get to the hospital, and what happens next? Well, before I rode in the ambulance, my mom was about to like make me go to bed but she had her friend over and her friends like saw me walking to the kitchen and she said this isn't normal I think you should go to the hospital you're not breathing enough I was hyperventilating mm-hmm. so I couldn't take a regular breath and all I remember was being carried to the ambulance and then waking up in a cold hospital room <laughs> My gosh, that sucks. Arden was panting too at the end, right before we took her to the hospital. Like a, I never heard anyone like except me 
had doing that before diagnosis. So that's interesting. Yeah. So she was she was panting in her sleep, and like she was oh. asleep and like like a like a puppy almost. And there is an answer for why that happens. It's your body. I think trying- there's not enough oxygen to the brain, right? Or yeah. No. Yeah. And your body's just trying like desperately to. Well, it's trying to stay alive. So yeah. you get to the hospital, and how long were you there? Uh, in the emergency room, I think it was 22 hours. Uh, then I rode in the ambulance to a regular children's hospital, and I stayed there for 10 days, I think. They figured out pretty quickly at the emergency room what was wrong? Oh, they knew immediately when they came over. They said, all right, let's test your blood sugar really quick. And they tested it, and it was like 450. And yeah. they said, yeah, you're going to the emergency room now. Okay. So they did that very quickly, actually. So did you feel much better by the time they moved you to the children's hospital or not yet? Um, I was kind of in a state where I just laid in bed and the first few days uh, just passed so quickly. Mm -hmm. I was just sitting in bed, not doing anything. But I had company. Um, so the way the hospitals here work, they're just large rooms and uh, with six or seven patients in them. So there are like six or seven beds in one room. Mm-hmm. And there was an annoying seven-year-old who constantly ran around trying to make friends with everybody. And then there were a couple of older kids there too. No kidding. Do you remember what any of them were there for or no? Um, all of them were there for type one other than one who was there for i think uh high blood pressure oh wow so you and a number of other children were all diagnosed kind of on the same day well it was the endo uh, it was the endocrinological um, floors so Mm -hmm. they're only sorry endo issues there right no but still that's kind of crazy i remember being taught how to count carbs at the hospital with eight other families that whose children were all diagnosed in the that couple of day period that Arden was. That's uh, the same way um, it was. They had a diabetes school, like they called them. And so with um, four or five days, it was held um, in one room and like two or three hours long and all of the parents would go and spend that time and write notes and it was all pretty basic stuff yeah and they had a really weird way of teaching them i demanded to be in the room to for them to also teach me and they had such a weird way of teaching carb counting didn't make sense to you they didn't count carbs they counted bread units if i'm translating correctly so every 12 carbs was one bread unit or something bread unit now i i'm gonna tell you that i can't completely remember where but i've heard that phrase before yeah and i don't know that's interesting nobody has ever heard it before i i i I feel like oh it's part of the glycemic so how much bread can i wait i'm interneting 2013, somebody's got a presentation. Bread exchange unit, a guide for diabetics. Ready? People who suffer from diabetes and therefore require insulin can use this measurement in unit to compare the blood sugar 
effectiveness of carbohydrates in different foods. Boy, this is why the podcast is popular, because when people write about diabetes, they make it very confusing. According to a German dietary regulation, one bread exchange unit, or one BEU, corresponds to a quantity of food that contains 12 grams of digestible and then therefore blood sugar effective carbs. That's what they taught you? Yes. (laughs) And it was so confusing. It was more confusing than using regular carbohydrates. And also, they said every six spoons of porridge translates to 40 grams of carbs and that's the way we did things there except for the people who brought their own scales and measured their food which have and they had much better blood sugar results (laughs) (laughs) well yeah because this is convoluted and uh, i just read it and i if you asked me right now like under penalty of death if you said to me scott you have to explain to me what you just read (laughs) i don't know that i would understand it enough to say it there's some yeah, me and, mom, uh, me and my mom immediately threw that idea out and started counting carbs yeah. because she read a lot about it and she figured out that that's probably not the best way to do things. Good, good. So your mom helped. Uh, so do you get uh, insulin pens? Do you get needles? How do you manage in the beginning? Uh, you have a choice. Um, well, in the later times when I visited my endo, I had a choice. But first, uh, they gave me a Novo Rapid pen mm-hmm. and a Lantus pen. Okay, so you were just you were MDI. You were just shooting some Lantus and and covering your meals. Did you correct blood sugars, or did you just give yourself insulin at meal times? Um, in the hospital or after the hospital? Yeah, just moving forward, like as you got okay. home and got settled. Uh, well. Nobody really explained to me the concepts of correcting highs Mm -hmm. Um, and also not lows. So my mom thought that since regular people's blood sugar went down to 60 sometimes, Mm -hmm. she thought that it's completely normal for type 1s also. And so I didn't correct a low until 60 or 55. How did that, and, did, yeah. did you feel okay at that number or no? No, no. I did not. <laughs> did you, <laughs> did you mention to your mom you thought she might be wrong? <laughs> uh, I, says, I said, are you sure this is the way this works? And she said, well, no. <laughs> That's honest. I would take an honest answer, you know. Yeah. Uh, so you guys figured out that was a little too low. And where did you start correcting after that? I, w- I went to the... Uh, we asked the endo, and she said, that's so not the way to do things. No. <laughs> and Did she start telling you about bread units again? She didn't even know they taught bread units. <laughs> <laughs> she thought it was regular carbs. She just took um, all of my insulin carb ratios and basal rates, and she just said, okay, well, you seem to be doing fine. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> Good luck. Well, that's well. It sounds like your mom was trying to figure things out in the beginning, and she's yeah. using the internet, which was ended up being helpful, I guess, overall. Um, in that first year, what were your A one Cs like? I think since I was not correcting the lows, um, mine was six point five, but it was not because of good control. I was still having high blood sugars regularly. It's just because a lot of the time I was low and didn't do anything about it. Hmm. How did you know that that's like, did you learn that from the podcast? Uh, no, I just kind of figured well, it out. 
I knew that the A1C is um, the average blood sugar of three months. Right. So I kind of thought that, well, since I was having a lot of lows, that's probably why. All right, Sophia, let's, are you really smart? Like, forget uh, that you drew I, on the desk in school. Do you understand I math? Say, and... I would say yes, but don't follow up with my teachers. Okay, well, listen, I had a problem in school as well. I uh, <laughs> did not like school very much. But I was a uh, I was okay smart. I just didn't like what was going on. The reason I ask is because you you I just assumed you heard it on the podcast that variable blood sugars weren't good for you, even if you got a, a lower A one C. But you figured that out by yourself. When I, I talk to a lot of adults who just tell me, "Well, the A one C six point five were good," and I'm like, "No, look, you're." like 350 here for an hour or two and then you know you you crash down to you know to 60 and you said you were 60 for an hour you're just you're you're just confusing the the test you're not you know you don't I mean you you do have a 6.5 but you didn't come to it kind of authentically and it's definitely not good for your for your overall health but you just figured that out when you were 11 well probably well I was diagnosed a month before I turned 12 so I was 12. Definitely. Okay. So I'll say it again. So you finished that. You figured that out when you were 12? Well, me and my endo kind of. So I told her I was having a lot of lows. And she said, but your A1C seems good. But I said, but I'm having a lot of lows. She said, well, don't. <laughs> sort of. So, so Fia, your, your endo didn't really get it, but you got it. And you just made this change on your own. So how do you make a change like that when you're completely by yourself? Like, how do you figure out how to stop high blood sugars and, and not have rebound lows and things like that? What did you do? Well, when I was on MDI, I thought everything was great. I thought, yay, my blood sugar is so good. I me- I'm measuring it three times a day and it seems really good. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm doing a great job. But two weeks after uh, I came from the hospital, my mom surprised me with a freestyle Libra. Okay. Um, and now looking back on the graphs, I, I was a total roller coaster. It was okay from a period of two hours for me to go to, from 260 to 50 to an urgent low to 100 and up and down and up and down. And there was also a thing where um, once I asked my mom after I was diagnosed, how many carbs can I eat without insulin? She said, huh, I don't know, 10? And so I started eating 10 carbs regularly without taking any insulin. And my blood sugars were going up because of that. And it was very confusing. Sophia, I mean this in a really good way. So I don't want this to get lost in translation at all. But right now, people are listening to this, adults, and they're thinking, oh, my God, this kid figured all this out when she was 12 years old. And I'm over here struggling. (laughs) you're making people are just like oh what am i doing (laughs) i can hear you all thinking right now by the way just the the like how did this kid just get but you're you're not what it's fascinating like it really is fascinating listening to you talk about seeing something that can appear to be so complicated to people but maybe because of your age you just looked at it in a simple way like you you is that why you like the podcast? Like, because I'm, you know, I'm 50, right? And I live in another country and I'm talking about something I don't have that you have, 
but you like this show enough to listen to every episode of it. So what is it? Almost every. Well, hey, hey, listen, there's no reason to tell people that. Just say you listen to every episode, okay? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We'll try again. So you listen to every episode. (laughs) Say, yes, I did. Yes. See? Exactly, Sophia. Thank you. And, And But my point is, what is there about, I want to understand what it is about how I'm talking about diabetes that resonates with you and 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 jives with how you think about it because i'm trying to figure out how you think about it because you're very clear-minded about it well it's obviously because of your charming personality and uh okay sorry (laughs) don't be sorry lean into that sarcasm i'm good with it don't worry about it (laughs) um i think it's just because something made sense finally uh nothing made sense previously to that and diabetes was always second i when i was at school uh, i would just know okay i have a sandwich for lunch let's just bolus two units oh no i'm 300 mom says to you bolus another three units that makes sense <laughs> we'll just move on uh-huh. uh, and finally something made sense where maybe just bolus a little bit earlier uh Maybe don't eat sugar and not bolus for it because it's under 10 carbs. So the common sense stuff just started to resonate a little bit and the timing idea. And you think of that now on your own, like you pre-bolus, I imagine. What what is your A1C now? I, well, we haven't measured it since August. It was 5.7. Wow. Uh, But I... McClarity says it'll it's probably around six point six right now because I hit a big growth spurt mm-hmm. and um my blood sugars well I had to adapt really quickly because I needed twice the amount of basil and way more insulin and I was still being high. So I, that was a little hard. But other than that, I think I know the basic principles of it. Yeah. Wow. So when that's how long did it take you to recognize that you needed a significant amount more? Uh, probably since one, one day my blood sugars were perfectly stable with 15 units of basil. And the next I needed a, a seven extra correction boluses. And uh, I thought, That's, this is normal. Let's do a temp basil. The next day that temp basil didn't work. Let's do another temp basil. And at some point I realized, yeah, this is not going to go away. You should probably just change the regular basil. I'm so happy for you. And I'm happy for you as well, because you're about to find out about the best darn diabetes tool that I've ever seen in my life. That's right. I said best darn. The Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Why don't you have one? Why have you not at least looked into it? I mean, it shows the blood sugar constantly. Speed, direction, and number. That's live look. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you are looking like... like you ever hear that um, um, on the the news? They're like, you're looking live over... But you're looking live over your blood sugar. It's 117 and stable. That's Arden's blood sugar right now. Two and a half hours after Chinese food. Actually, it's about to update again. Hold on a second. Let's see if it changed. And it has. It's 115, which doesn't surprise me. Why doesn't it surprise me? Because, let's see, about... 
20 minutes ago, I noticed that the blood sugar looked a little sticky, meaning I didn't think it was gonna break off that line it was at around the 121, 117 mark. So I asked Arden, sent her a little text, and I said, hey, I think we have to bolus a little more for this food. And she did, and now we're starting to see it move. Now I know the number only moved two from 117 to 115, but I can see on the graph that it's beginning to trend down. I can see the bolus working. It's fascinating. And it's available to everyone who has a Dexcom G6. Find out more at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. And don't overlook that I'm looking at, don't overlook that I'm looking. Don't think like that. Let's try again. Don't overlook that I can see Arden's blood sugar on my iPhone and you can too, or your Android phone. As a matter of fact, 10 people can, 10 people of your choosing can follow blood sugars if that's what you want. And if that's not what you want, don't do that. Just keep the data for yourself. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Links in the show notes, links at juiceboxpodcast.com. Get started right now. What do you think the most overlooked diabetes item is? Like the thing that you just don't take that seriously. No, that's seriously is the wrong word. The thing that you don't pay close enough attention to when you're purchasing, right? In my opinion, it's your blood glucose meter. A lot of people just take the one the doctor gives you, where your endo writes a script for one, or your nurse practitioner is like, here, there's one in the drawer, take this one, or blah, 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 blah. How often do we actually look? Like, would you buy a car that way? No. Uh, would you buy a house that way? No. Would you rent an apartment that way? Uh, you would not. Would you even buy a avocado without squeezing it first? You wouldn't, but for some reason, you just took the meter they gave you, and you're like, oh, I guess this is good. But you know what could be better? The Contour Next One blood glucose meter, right? It's a ripe avocado in a world full of lemons. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. An incredibly accurate meter. I'm sorry, my voice just broke. An incredibly accurate meter with second chance test strips, meaning you can touch some blood, not get enough, go back, get more without messing up the test or ruining the strip got a super bright light for nighttime viewing as well as a nice big visible screen except you know what the meter is not that big fits in your pocket your purse your bag wherever you carry your gear it won't be in your way it'll just do what you need it to do contour next one is the meter we use it's fantastic it is the most accurate one i've ever seen contournext.com forward slash juice box it may even be cheaper than you imagine go check it out I really am that um, I don't know you well enough to tell you I'm proud of you, but I felt proud while you were saying that, like, I, it is absolutely astonishing that you figured all of that out. And I, I think, again, that my astonishment comes from the number of adults who I've spoken to who can't be that intellectually agile when something's happening. They get so stuck in the basil's 15 okay, maybe it needs to go up, but I'll try 16. Eh, that didn't work. Well, we'll try that for a week and see what happens. Like you just pushed it up seven. You went from from 15 to 22 a day? Yeah, but it was in, in the course of a couple of months, so it wasn't immediately. Okay, okay so it took you a couple of months to, I, I understand, by the way, that's it's a huge jump. It's It's 50% more. And so, but you did it by yourself. You made that decision? 
I my mom knows a lot about my diabetes and she helps me a lot. I do most of the I do a lot all of the meals and corrections by myself, but like once a week I will tell her my problems and she'll say, "Well, just adjust this." And I said, "Yeah, that makes sense." I love it. I love how simplified uh, in a simplified way, you think about the whole thing. I get very stuck in an idea that my insulin to carb ratio was always this. I can't change it now because it was always this. And then when I tell my mom a week later the problem, she said, well, obviously you need to change it. It's not working. That's amazing. Oh, I'm so happy. Uh, I really am. Like this is, I you you understand that beyond the short email email correspondence that we had, like in my mind, I'm sitting down this morning to talk to a 14-year-old. I don't know who you're going to be. Like I don't know how this conversation is going to go when we start talking. And it took me a couple of minutes in the beginning to adjust myself because I feel like I'm talking to um, like a younger, less experienced version of Jenny right now. Not like I'm talking to a 14. Do you know Jenny? Do you listen to the episodes with her? Yeah, I listen to all of them. See, you were getting so good at this. Even the pregnancy ones were interesting. Really? Do you ever think you'll have kids? Mm, I don't want to think about that right now, but it was interesting to see how people adjust in new situations. You are my favorite listener, Sophia. If there was a t-shirt that said favorite <laughs> listener, I would send it to you. There is not one, but if there was, you'd get it. Um, that is, I'd even make an award up. And then if you one day were not my favorite listener anymore, I'd have to make you mail it to somebody else. But let's not get involved in all that awards things. But you're seriously my favorite person. So, um, but I don't want to take you off your path because you wanted to talk about things like that. So you came out of the yeah. hospital with your MDI and and how did that go? What happened next? Well, my mom got me the freestyle Libra. And I thought, well, why doesn't it tell me when my blood sugar goes low? I don't want to keep checking. So I started Googling what else is out there. And I saw that Dexcom exists and people like it. And I, and I started telling, Mom, I need a Dexcom. Mom, let's find a way to get it. And we found a store online that sells them. And there's a way to get it. It's not covered here, but... We found a way to get it delivered, and I got the G5. Um, then I started doing more research, and I saw that there are things that make you not inject seven times a day. And that was interesting to me because the, um, because the Omnipod seemed so much better than other pumps mm -hmm. because I don't like being tied to something and i have a cat and that's probably something that played a major factor the cat did yeah she likes to chew stuff and she loves playing with strings so the obvious conclusion was that's not a good idea <laughs> i'm thinking are you gonna be like elon musk one day or something like that will you remember me when you're famous and rich please sophia yes yeah, so okay. i'll send you a check every month i don't need to hold well, listen, I don't want to say no to the check, but I, I do. <laughs> I just meant like, just, you know, throw me an email. Like, you know, when you're banging around the world doing amazing things, like I want to be able to say like, oh, I know Sophia. Um, because I, I was, I'm trying to imagine myself at 14 years old. And I think I was just like a, like a barely alive idiot. Do you know what I mean? Like just 
barely moving around like a blob, basically. Um, it depends on who you ask. My teachers will agree with you. Oh, really? Yeah, well, they don't get to hear you talk about this. Are no. You, are you saying that when I was 14, there was something I might have been good at, but nobody bothered to find out? Exactly. I'm going to accept that from you. Also, you might be my therapist now, too. Uh, so, <laughs> so you're just... Are you good at diabetes because it's coming naturally to you, or is it because no, you're trying to take care of yourself? It doesn't come naturally at all. It took a lot of work to reroute my ideas since my endo and the hospital was telling me one thing. I check every two hours. If you're high, bolus, check in two hours again. Adjust basal if it's uh, three days in a row, the same thing. And it was, they make it sound like such an exact science. But there are so many factors that play into it. If I know that I'm having a stressful day, the next day I need to make it temp basal. But they won't tell me to do that since they'll be scared that my, I will go low because I'm not 100% sure that my blood sugars will go up. And I had to reroute a lot and my mom and make my mom listen to your podcast as well. So you had to. So that's interesting. So you found that aside of her started figuring out things you wanted to do. And then you said to your mom, this must be interesting. You, you went to your mom, a, a Russian woman and said, there's a guy in America with a podcast and I want you to listen to it so we can learn how to take care of my blood sugar better. And then she grounded you. What happened next? Uh, no, I said, uh, there's a guy with no medical degree that's telling me he knows better than my endocrinologist that spent a lot of years in medical school, and I'm going to listen to him now. <laughs> and and this went okay with your mom? Uh, she said, yeah, sure. <laughs> if, you, if that makes you happy. <laughs> I love. I don't know why. I just. I love everything about this conversation. It, it's absolutely fascinating. So she's like, she didn't ask. She didn't say like, well, I'd like to listen to it before you do that. Oh no, she listened to to okay. it. She said, "Wow, he sounds like he really knows what he's talking about." Well, you tell her I'm very good at pretending that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, no, just tell her my confidence comes from. Uh, I don't know where. Uh, it, well, that's not true. Around diabetes, my confidence comes from experience and seeing it happen over and over again and being able to break free of kind of old ideas about ma management of diabetes, kind of like you were talking about. Like, you know, there's this one thing that you wouldn't know because you're young and you haven't been involved in the space, but people used to say all the time that, you know, uh, your diabetes may vary. You know, like it, it's what happens. Oh, that's what I heard too mm -hmm. in the hospital. Right, right. What? So yeah. what happens to you, Sophia, won't happen to my daughter or won't happen to a 50-year-old guy who's listening right now who has type 1. And I, I understood the kind of overarching sentiment, which was variables are different for you than they are to somebody else. And so it's going to be different. But I just kept thinking if you boil it down far enough, it is all happening the same way for everybody, right? Like, like let's find common ground for everybody with type 1 diabetes. And to me, that common ground is that if you have an, the right amount of insulin and you put it in the right place, that you can keep your blood sugar stable and low. Now, it's not as simple as, it's, as, as that makes it sound, but it is true. 
Then there are a couple of outliers, right? There are some people, for instance, who have gastroparesis, you know, they have a stomach emptying problem, so they can't kind of count on when their blood, their food's going to be digested. But taking those sort of outliers outside, out of the equation, everyone else using insulin is, is experiencing the same core experiences, right? And if your basil's right, and if you pre-bolus meals, meaning if you line up the, you know, the action of the insulin with the impact of the carbs that you're eating, you won't have spikes at mealtimes. It just, it's just true. Like there's no, there's no scenario where if you do it right, your blood sugar will spike. And well, except for the case where you're uh, very stressed or you had too much exercise and didn't account for that. Right. No, or- no. Oh, 100%. There's going to be variables that impact your blood sugar. But if you go back to what I said, even if you're very stressed or you had exercise that you didn't account for that was going to make your blood sugar go up, the truth is, and this would be difficult to do, but if you knew the stress was coming and you bolused for it, or if you knew (laughs) you could impact it, like it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but Arden's uh, blood sugar right now during the, the SAT testing is a good example of that. You know, leading into the test, I assumed the test was going to be at least burdensome, maybe stressful. I wasn't sure. So we increased the power of Arden's insulin going into the test so that she wouldn't spike. And and so had she magically not experienced any kind of like outside influence, we could have just taken that insulin away. But we yeah. we looked at it and got ahead of it. And I, I think at that core, whether it's you, Sophia, 14 years old, freezing your butt off in Russia or, you know, some guy named Bill living in Florida right now. Like that is the truth for everybody. And I'll, I can, I, I, I feel very comfortable standing behind that. So um, I'm just super happy that you, that you found this and that it's been so helpful for you so far. Um, so, okay. So there you also a problem. Yeah. Moving on. Right. Yeah, please. Uh, with the Omnipod. Um, for some reason, my mom thought that pumps don't work and that uh, they always inject more than you want them to inject and that they are bad. For th- There was just this stereotype of pumps being bad mm-hmm. in her head. So it was very, very hard to convince my mom. So what did con- she hear? Like a news story where someone's insulin pump like went crazy and wrapped a cord around their neck and choked them or killed them or yeah, gave them too much exactly. insulin or something. For, yeah. And maybe it's, I'm not sure how older pumps were, but now they seem just very stable. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. It would be like hearing, um, there was this news story once uh, where uh, they said somebody's brakes didn't work and they just like drove off a cliff. And if you heard that news story and then said, okay, well then we can't drive cars anymore. Right. Like it's, you know, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a weird leap to make, but I understand it as well. Like I understand her if she heard that and thought that was true, then I would, I would understand her being concerned about. So how did you talk her into that? I took me going to the endo and making the endo tell my mom that pumps are perfectly safe. You put the endo in charge of it. Yeah. Good for you. Um, 
So, and also there's a bonus. If anything went wrong, we could always blame the endo. <laughs> Look at you setting up ways to get out of the scenario if you need to. <laughs> yeah. are, are you good at manipulating your mother in other parts of life? I know she's going to hear this and you, so you might not want to give up your best secrets, but do you have her doing things that she doesn't realize she's doing? Um, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to admit to them out loud? No. Good for you. Yeah, keep your keep your game going. Don't don't give it up for me. Uh but that's really even that's a next level idea. So like, you know, my mom has a problem with this. I'll end around her to the endocrinologist, explain this to the endocrinologist, get her on my side and so she can impact my mom. My mom will listen to the endo where she might not listen to me. Seriously. Yeah, and the endo after hearing us talk about pumps uh told us if you want a free pump, go on this waiting list that usually takes around three years for people to get a pump. And the pump is a couple of years old. And it was the very old Medtronic pumps, I mm -hmm. think. Uh, and then she gave us a manual in case we wanted to buy our own pump. But the pumps were all Medtronic pumps and also very old. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so I said, yeah, that's not going to work. And I'm going to... And then I went and I did research and on the site where we bought the Dexcom, uh, the Omnipod was there. And I decided this looks way better than my cat chewing through a tube or me not being able to shower without disconnecting everything. Right. Sophia, you promised me something if I ask you nicely. Um, when you mature to a full adult, Please don't use your superpowers for evil, okay? I want you to use them for good because you you found out how to get like an insulin pump and a Dexcom into a country where they're not sold. <laughs> so um, I get emails all the time, a lot of them from Saudi Arabia actually, where people yeah. want to buy stuff like that and can't find it anywhere. I know a gentleman. Just Google who, it. It was it's a, it was a very quick Google search. Honestly, <laughs> you telling me old old heads don't know how to use the internet? Um, I wouldn't say that directly to your face, but but you mean it. I understand. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I actually, I believe I know a family who flies from the Middle East to America, buys supplies, and goes back with them. That's interesting. Yeah. Why wouldn't they like? Um, find a friend who lives in that place, uh, make the friend buy it and ship it with like to their post office and save money on a plane ticket. Sophia, what would you think if uh, a couple of times a year I took um, life questions from the audience <laughs> and just got you on to answer their problems for them? <laughs> I would be glad. <laughs> we'll call it common sense with Sophia. And uh, <laughs> they'll ask big, long, convoluted questions, and you'll just give them one sentence. You could be my child, I think. <laughs> the way you think about the diabetes and everything. And and even like just kind of like life stuff. Are your parents similar to you in thought? Or do you find yourself thinking differently than them? Um. Well, I think, I think I kind of took something from the both of them. Uh, my dad has a very logical brain, and my mom is very artistic. Um, and I love art, and I did music for a long time. But I also love math, mm -hmm. and I want to become a, bio, a biophysicist. I think that's how in English. Wow, what is and your? 
loosely not like I'm not asking where he works, but what kind of work does your dad do? Is he an engineer? Um, not currently, but uh, he does something with logic. With logic, yeah. <laughs> something with is it something you can't say, Sophia? Do you realize that I only understand Russia through movies that are made in America? All the movies are either uh, Russians drinking vodka in some apartment, or them being uh, mass murderers, or these uh, mafia leaders, <laughs> which is very not true. So you're telling me. That you're not wearing a giant, like, mink hat right now with big ear flaps? <laughs> uh, we have one of those, and <laughs> because it, it is very warm in the winter. Can I tell you something? <laughs> yeah. I have one. <laughs> I'm such a baby when it comes to the cold that if I go outside, I have one I wear for, like, shoveling snow or doing stuff like that. And it is the it's I think mine's made out of rabbit, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. If, you, if you put it on in the house and don't immediately go out in the cold, you start to overheat. Like it's so warm. It's, fa it's It is warm and it's practical. Like you don't have to wear a hood and wear another hat. Yes. You can just put that on. It's ugly and it looks terrible on me. Um, it looks like my my head is trapped in a fuzzy box, but <laughs> But it's so warm. I would never make fun of it. But in my mind, like you're wearing one of those right now with the front of it folded up. And um, when you said it was minus 30 degrees outside, I didn't even want to tell you. But if if you told me I had to go outside and it was minus 30 degrees, I would cry. Just so It's you know. not minus 30 currently, but it was a month or two ago. Well, well if, you, if I was there with you that day and you said we have to go outside, I would probably just cry a little bit. Like you'd see a tear in my eye and you'd be like, oh my God, that guy's 50 and he's crying. And I would Yeah, be... the snow was up to my shoulders, I think. Really? Well, because it was, well, I think part of it was shoveled to be that way. So the past will clear up, but the sentiment is still there. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so you're, so this is not what's going on right now. You are not. No, no, you don't a, make extra money. Only two agrees. <laughs> but you don't make extra <laughs> money by like um, taking apart declassified nuclear materials and selling them on the black market. Like that's not your after school job or anything like that. No, definitely not. <laughs> Sophia, <laughs> I love how long you paused and then were sarcastic. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate that. Where did you learn English so well? Is that just something you do in school? Uh, it is something to do though, that we do in school, but I think mostly because my mom made me since I was a baby, learned it as a second language because she really won. She she thinks that it is the only language that is close to being universal, and she wanted me to have that skill. So that's really cool. And does your mom speak it, or did she have to teach it yeah. to her? Oh, she does. Yeah, she does, and my brother does, and my father does. Oh, you have oh you have siblings that. Is there any other autoimmune stuff going on in your family? Anybody's thyroid weird, have celiac disease, anything like that? No, I'm the first one, as far as I know, that to have any problems. Wow. Wow. You're doing such an amazing job. Like, Are you aware of how well you're doing? Um, well, my blood sugar started going up, so that means I'm still nervous. But I think it's going down now. Well, I don't mean doing well now on the podcast, but you are doing well now on the podcast. But I mean in general, like in your life 
with diabetes? Um, like, are you aware that you're doing well for yourself? Um, I'm really hoping that I will prevent any uh, complications because I already have to wear glasses since birth. So I do not want any other problems. <laughs> you're like, I don't need another thing to wear. <laughs> so, so in your mind, uh, controlling your blood sugars, keeping them stable, keeping them within a reasonable range, um, that's about longevity for you. That's about living well. Well, yes, because uh, the, the only thing I knew about diabetics was type 2 diabetics had their toes cut off. Did you get that <laughs> on the that same website? that was the webs- first thing I thought of when they said diabetes. Really? Uh, yeah. And so I've that was kind of, that's still in the back of my mind somewhere, even though I know it's irrational. I still think about that, and I think that fuels my uh, anger. <laughs> I wouldn't say anger. Holding onto your toes keeps you motivated? Yes. Oh, it's a pretty good motivation. I have to be honest. If somebody told me right now they were going to cut off my toes if I didn't vacuum the carpet, I'd get that carpet really clean. So <laughs> I don't know if there's a real correlation. But it's interesting because you were younger, and that's that was your scope of understanding for diabetes. Like you had heard somewhere that people with diabetes can lose their toes, and that's how it struck you when somebody told you I had type 1 diabetes. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, okay. So you somehow like, I I don't know how to say this. I want to try to be delicate, but financially your family's okay, right? Like this isn't cheap to get these devices for you. It's not. And that was a factor to consider, but we thought that it would be way better for my health because, uh, well, I couldn't correct highs because my insulin um, correction ratio is not that big for me to bolus a unit at 180. Mm-hmm. So I and I did have the pen that was half a unit, but for, it just it barely worked for some reason. I think I got a broken one. So we just considered it and we thought that well, this is. We're saving money on further complications and treatments, so it kind of pays off. Well, that's and your parents are able to do it. So, is it a is it a bit of a struggle for them financially, or is it just like are is the house made of gold and it's not a big deal? I, I'm. It's probably a struggle. I. It's one of the factors that I hadn't really thought about that much. I probably should have. No, I don't want you to, and please let me, I want you to understand why I asked. I didn't ask because of you. I asked for the podcast. I wanted, I don't want it to, I don't want people, I want people to understand because not everybody can afford this stuff. Like, is this something that your mom and dad said to themselves, all right, this is um, going to be a bit of a burden for us, but there's a lot of value in it. So we're going to cut back in other places and do it. I think that's kind of more in the direction, leaning into the direction that happened because um, it was my insulin correction ratio. I know uh, probably not supposed to say numbers because it's different for everybody. You can say numbers, go ahead. Yeah? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, it's around one unit to 100. For you. Yeah. Okay. And so, so you were trying to correct numbers that the pen wasn't allowing you to do properly. Yeah. And your parents decided, you know, your long-term health is is a priority, and so they're going to eliminate. So your brother's not wearing shoes right now, and you have an insulin pump, something <laughs> like that, right? 
Yeah, we would just go barefoot in the snow, but it's well, yeah. worth it. Well, I mean, honestly, you can't go outside anyway, so who cares? I'm homeschooled, so that helps. Are you <laughs> homeschooled because that's what you are because of COVID? Um, I think that's what I prefer. Okay. Yeah. Can I ask, has COVID been a big deal in Russia? How are you guys yes, handling it? Actually, yeah. Um, everything closed down and... Well, we had to announce us going to the store. You have to tell somebody you're leaving yeah. the house to go somewhere? Yeah, and I am only one person, I think, who was allowed some... Um, but it kind of cooled down, and I think there's now a system. Everybody wears masks, mm -hmm. uh, holds in their coughs, and everything's okay. <laughs> you know, if you cough or sneeze in public now, people look at you like you set fire to a school bus. <laughs> They look at you very old, strange. Um, when I was outside once, and I forgot my mask, so I stood very far away from everybody at the um, uh, enter, like at the front of the store, mm -hmm. uh, while my mom was uh, checking out. And an old lady came, and she yelled at me for not having a mask. <laughs> and she brought um, the, the people who work there, and she made such a big deal. But I was standing in the corner near the exit, not near everybody. That's that was very traumatic. Were you? Was it upsetting? Uh, well, it was kind of scary because I'm a rule abider. I don't like to do anything wrong. I'm that type of person. Mm -hmm. So I think it was a bit. Uh, uncomfortable. Yeah, you can't. You sound like you might be a tough kid. Well, I mean, in your yeah, at least in your mind, do you do you agree? Like, are you mentally tough? Um, I think I told myself I had to be when I just was just diagnosed. Okay. Do you miss? Can I ask you a question? I don't want to make you sad, but do you miss not having diabetes? I think I would have been much healthier if I hadn't because now I kind of, uh, since I'm homeschooled, I don't have a reason to go outside. So I, I push exercising to the, to the back of my to-do list and I probably would have considered exercising more often if I didn't have type 1, but I'm trying to put it into the regular routine now Be because why because your blood sugar goes up when you exercise no it goes down oh, it goes down and if i do anything if i eat if i eat 15 carbs it goes down still if i eat 20 carbs it goes up if i turn down the basil beforehand it goes down and then it goes to 300 <laughs> and that was very very hard to get a routine down so i just said well, this isn't the most important thing right now, so I think I'll just not. You're going to try to figure it out. You, you should be able to figure it out, though. So if you're temp basaling back, working out, getting low, and then getting high later, then your temp basal is happening too late prior to the That's exercise. That's what I thought. So I started doing it a half hour earlier, only a half hour, but then I started going up very quickly So and during the exercise. So maybe, so let's just make up numbers for a second, okay? Yeah. Um, let's pretend that you were doing a temp basal decrease an hour before you worked out. And you were then getting low 
and then getting high. I would try doing it two hours before you work out, but only for an hour. So four o'clock temp basil to five o'clock and then work out at six o'clock. So that, does that make sense? So that. Actually, yeah, I didn't think about that. I didn't. That makes a lot of sense, actually. So have you ever heard me talk about creating like a like a black hole with basil? Yeah, I think I uh, didn't. It's hard. It's a weird it's a weird concept because there's a little bit of time travel in it, it feels like. But but if you take away your basil from four to five, that won't really go into effect until maybe six. Yeah. And so if you take it away from four to five and then work out, then the workout overwhelms the still active basal and you get low. And then just as you get low, you hit that black hole of basal and the workout and then your blood sugar jumps up. So if you just shift the basal back farther, then you can put the workout in the black hole so that as you the workout's trying to drive your blood sugar down. There's no insulin there to help it. It should stay stable. And by the time you get to the impact part where your blood sugar goes back up again, the basal should have been back on and re-engaged. Does that make sense? Because that's pretty convoluted. It does. I I will try that. You, if you do that I and will. make that work, yeah. I'm going to make you a t-shirt that says best listener and send it to you. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Although I, it probably costs yeah. $9,000 to ship something to Russia. So don't hold me to this. <laughs> okay okay plus how would it even get to you like on a like the back of a like a sled dog or something like that or hey, why does everybody think we live in some <laughs> kind of under some kind of rock no we, have, I... we have everything here. you have everything <laughs> really <laughs> you got a playstation i i don't like video games but you could have one if you wanted one uh, I mean, they are available here, I think. All right. You got the I internet, I don't know obviously. because I'm not into that. You're not into it. I understand. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you would say that besides a bunch of snow, there's no difference between living in Russia and living in New Jersey? Um, well, in New Jersey, I guess you can go straight to the hospital. But in Russia, you wouldn't know which hospital to go to. So you need to call beforehand since nobody just goes to the hospital there's it's not a custom here every hospital is designed for a different thing like one hospital is only for endocrinological issues Mm -hmm. the other one is only for surgery surgery i got you so i gotta call ahead and say hey here's what's going on with me i think this is where i need to go is that right and then they'll tell me if i can go there or not no you just need to wait for the ambulance and it'll take you there oh you get a ride yeah. Oh, well, that's not bad. Do you have to pay for the ride? No, there's free health care. Wait, stop for a second. It's all free? Like you went to the hospital, you didn't have to pay anything? No. And they give insulin for free and you have pens and they gave me a meter and they give me test strips and lancets and everything. But they don't do <laughs> Dexcoms or, or Omnipods, but that's only because they don't, they're not for sale there. So you could have gotten a Medtronic pump, but there's a waiting list for that. Yeah. Gotcha. And Medtronic sends like old janky pumps to Russia. They, By the way, Medtronic, send more pumps. What are you doing? Right? No, they have the 670, but if you want a free pump, they're not going to give you the 670. Well, don't be so cheap, Medtronic. Come on. Right? <laughs> don't you want to help Sophia? 
Well, Sophia, you don't want that Medtronic, though. You love your Dexcom. I, I like the Omnipod, yeah. yeah. I got you. So you want Omnipod to sell Omnipods in Russia is what you want. That would be way more convenient, yeah. Do you want me to send this to somebody at Omnipod? I can do that. Um, you want to tell them oh, how important this is to you? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Tell them. Uh, please, children are dying. <laughs> Damn it, Sophia, you made me choke. Hold on a second. <laughs> are you usually this sarcastic or are you just doing this for me? I think that's just my personality. Yeah. Oh, you really could be my Russian child. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you think your parents would mind if I adopted you? I think they'd be grateful. <laughs> oh, Sophia, I am so happy that you reached out. <laughs> Seriously, this is lovely. Okay, um, is there anything about your story that we haven't gone over yet? I imagine there is. Um, I skydived. You skydived recently? Uh, yeah, a couple months. Um, I think it was last last summer. I'm sorry. I I'm. You made me laugh so hard. I snorted iced tea up in my nose, and now it's burning. There are a couple things actually. Um, I'm gluten free and dairy free. Uh, I, I, I guess I skydived and, uh, I had a couple of bad lows. During skydiving? No. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. Let's pick through it for a second. Why do you eat gluten free? You're not celiac, but you just don't want the gluten. Um, I had really bad stomach issues for such a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, they thought I had appendicitis once. Uh, but I didn't. It's, and my mom thought, okay, let's try eating gluten-free. And since then, I don't have any stomach issues. Did they ever give you a celiac test? No. Well, I mean, yes, they, give, they gave me the test, but I didn't, don't have celiac. So hmm. it's weird. I mean, it was on the higher end, but it wasn't like All anything the that they said you definitely have it. So they called it like a, uh, like a gluten intolerance or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. That and makes also dairy free because I could never really stomach dairy since my childhood. I was always very nauseous. Did it make you fart? <laughs> no, it just made my stomach hurt and very nauseous. Ah, made you wish you could fart. I understand. Uh, so, all right. So, we don't do gluten and we don't do dairy. Um, Omnipod and Dexcom. And a couple of bad lows. So, you had bad lows back on MDI or recently? How did that happen? Um, yeah, I never uh, passed out, which I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. uh, but once uh, I boast for my morning uh, oatmeal, and I started cooking it, and I forgot that I bolused, and 40 minutes passed, and I see 72 hours down. And I remember I bolused. I tried to eat the oatmeal, but I can't because I'm very nauseous. And at the end, my mom just added around 40 I couldn't because I couldn't eat a drink uh, so many units worth of juice. So yeah. we just both gave me a bit of glucagon, and I laid in be bed the rest of the day. Hey, got the day off, huh? Yeah. the The problem in that situation is the oatmeal just doesn't hit you. Like besides yeah. you being nauseous because you're low, the the oatmeal is just not going to work fast enough at that point. You just you yeah. pre bowls too long, which you know, but. So what what were you doing that you got? Do you remember what got you sidetracked? 
think I was listening to your podcast while making. <laughs> You're saying I made you high today and low that day? I wouldn't blame it directly on you. <laughs> Thank you. That's important not to blame it on me. <laughs> of course, because nothing you hear in the Juice Buck podcast is considered medical advice or otherwise. <laughs> Sophia, you know you're coming back on the show like a year from now, right? Like, I, I love you. I hope so. I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> I, my God, I'm having a lot of fun. I don't even care if people like this or not. This is fantastic. <laughs> this is the best episode we've ever made. Uh, you are just, I, you're lovely. Um, you really are. I, uh, I'm having such a good time talking to you. Uh, I really appreciate that you came on and told me all of this and told everyone all this because it's very hopeful to me that someone your age could be diagnosed, absorb the gravity of diabetes, find out what to do, even when they get kind of bad information figure it out on their own, put it into practice, and do such a good job of taking care of themselves in such a short period of time is really um, inspirational. And I don't, I, I mean, you listen to this show, I don't use that word very often. So um, what you've done here is really amazing. I'm I'm really excited yeah. for you. And I can't wait Thank to you. see you figure it out when you, like, are you getting your period yet? Oh, yeah, uh, a year already. Is it a pain with your blood sugars or have you figured that out too? Such a pain. <laughs> but you've got I, it worked out? There's no pattern at all. None? None. Well, not that I can see. Uh, some weeks I'm just constantly high a week before and during. Then other times I'm normal. Then uh, I'm very low for some reason. And it's there's no pattern at all. But you're still keeping your A1C where you are. So the... Well, so you figured out to up your basal, and now you've got things back together again. So now you got to figure out how to be flexible when these changes happen. Like you can't, I, I know it's hard for people to, to understand, but when you're managing a, um, a girl who's getting hit with hormones like this, you have to be able to, on a day-to-day -day basis, look and say, today is more basal doesn't matter why it just is this is the yeah. gra the graph is telling me more basil here today or the graph is telling me to be more aggressive with meals and you have to just do it and as quickly as you turn it on you have to be ready to a day later turn it off again and just go okay let's go back to where we were or go halfway back it's um it, it takes a little while to get used to yeah wow i bet you didn't think we'd talk about your period right uh, I mean, I listened to one episode with, I think, um, some other girl, and I I was expecting it. You are? Okay. At some point, yeah. <laughs> um, can I ask a weird question? When uh, the girl was on from Czech Republic, did you think, like, that's close to me? Uh, she made it sound so not like life here. Oh, it's different than you than you experience it. Yeah, it's. I don't see anything really weird about. I mean, maybe I'm just brainwashed. <laughs> but, yeah. but I don't think you're brainwashed. That, we have uh, everything here. I think you're yeah, like I've got a light yeah. in my room and everything. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I have a chair and a desk. <laughs> Look at you, fancy with your chair. That's very. <laughs> Do you have any? And you have a killer cat. So that's nice. I have two killer cats. But it's not a Siberian tiger. It's just a regular house cat, right? 
Oh no, she's a panther. Oh, panther. <laughs> I didn't recognize them. Well, you, you know, I'm just trying to figure things out. I don't leave this country, so I don't know anything. In my mm-hmm. mind, you know, Canadians ride moose and. You're, and we just drink vodka since I just the ass- age of one. I just assume you're training to be like an assassin. That's all. Well, I didn't say I wasn't training to be an assassin. Well, that would be a weird thing to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, so then should we just call your episode Black Widow or what do you think we should do? Um, Mafia leader sounds <laughs> more... <laughs> You just you, you you don't want me to draw attention to you like because there is a Russian mob, right? I don't know. But you're 14. <laughs> and look at you, even if you did know, you would say you didn't know. Or would I? Well, you're very cagey. Okay, Sophia. <laughs> We're going to stop here because I'm afraid that it's possible that a 49-year-old guy and a 14-year-old girl in Russia might become best friends if we talk much longer. So um, I'm going to, and I don't know what we eventually would talk about, but I'm going to say to you that I definitely want you to come back on sometime, like maybe a year or so from now. Like, I think I want to know what a 16-year-old Sophia sounds like. So let's let's um, let's let's set up goals right now. Let's just let the advertisers okay. know right now the show's got to go at least two or three more years because we got to figure out what happens I'm to Sophia. I'm turning 15 in a couple of months, so maybe only a year in... Shh, shh, Sophia, please pay attention to what I'm doing here, okay? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, the show has to go on for at least another 10 years, and I also want my future children to be on it. Don't one of you try to adopt Sophia. I have dibs if she ever needs adoption. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I... I'm not kidding. I'm going to keep this podcast going forever just so I can talk to that girl over and over again. I want to thank Sophia so much for coming on the show and being amazing. I want to thank the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor for being amazing and for being available at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. I'd also like to thank the most accurate blood glucose meter that I have ever touched with these hands, the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. Find out more at contournext.com forward slash juicebox. It is an amazing website. There's a ton of information there. Go check it out. There are links to these sponsors and all of the sponsors in the show notes of your podcast player or at juiceboxpodcast.com. When you support the sponsors, you're supporting the show. Thank you very much. Continue to share the show with others. Download as many episodes as you can. Listen to them with your ears. And enjoy. I'll keep making them. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. Sophia, if you're still listening, I want to make sure you understand without sarcasm that I so totally enjoyed talking to you on the podcast. I think you're terrific, and I really would like to speak with you again someday. I'm wishing you a lot of luck from over here in America. You made my day.